0: Welcome to the Rotoscopers Podcast, episode 15, and Gromit, Claymation Hitchcock. I'm more clay than man.
1: Welcome to the Rotoscopers Podcast, a podcast for animation addicts, Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, Don Bluth, and everything in between. I'm your host, Morgan Bird. I'm Chelsea Robson.
2: And I'm Mason Smith.
1: Welcome to the Rotoscopers. If you're new to the show, this is a podcast where it's just a bunch of animation fans and fanatics, and we sit around and we talk about all sorts of animation stuff. We talk about animation news, we talked about animation theories, and we discuss different movies. All sorts of things happen here. It's a rip-roaring good time. We have really, really good and exciting news that I'm so happy to finally be able to tell everybody. We... Alright, do you know what this is, Chelsea? Well, I do know oh, what this is. I don't is. know why I asked you that. I don't know why I asked you that. So dumb. Um, okay, we, the Rotoscopers, are now a part of the Hypable Podcast Network, which is really, really, really exciting for us. Yeah, this is a really good thing for all the podcasts. Yeah. So what Hypable is, Hypable is a website that was started about a year ago by Andrew Sims, who was the main host of MuggleCast on MuggleNet.com. And so what Hypable is, he saw, you know, Harry Potter was sort of dying down and obviously he's like, well, there are all these other fans of these other shows and they want to hear news too. So he started this website called Hypable, and it's for fans by fans. And, you know, like, if you're a fan of Harry Potter, let's say, and you're a really big fan, you want to know every little bit of news. And the main entertainment websites don't really cover those things, but Hypable does. So Hypable covers the news stories about your fandom that you're interested in, whether that's Glee, Harry Potter, Twilight, Disney. It covers those nitpicky things that fans care about, like casting announcements and, you know, a new book cover has been released, a new poster, a new trailer, all those things for your fandom. Hypable has you covered. With Hi. that being said. I also saw they had a Lady Gaga thing on there, Oh too, yes, you, Morgan. <laughs> Oh, yes. Lady Gaga. My favorite. So, I mean, what's really cool is that you can customize it. Let's say, you know, like me. I care about Lady Gaga, but I don't care about Katy Perry. So you can create your own feed where the fandoms you care about, those news stories will come up. Katy nice. Perry won't show up. Lady Gaga will. Disney will show up. Once Upon a Time won't, because <laughs> I haven't gotten into that show yet, even though everyone says to. You, I liked it, yeah. Uh, everyone, I need to. I mean, obviously. So, I mean, I, I remember reading on Hyper Bowl just last week, that mulan and sleeping beauty have been cast for next season so i'm like ooh nice <laughs> anyways about Hypable, so they graciously included us into their network and we are really excited so thanks to andrew and the rest of the Hypable crew go to Hypable.com if you want to check them out because they are a really really fabulous resource like when i first heard about Hypable, i was like man that's genius yeah. Genius. Wish I would have come up with that. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> we just thought of the Rotoscopers. <laughs> grumble, grumble, grumble. <laughs> so, yeah, we're really excited to announce this new news. So now you can find us both on therotoscopers.com, on iTunes, and of course, Hypable. So new episodes will be posted there. And yeah, so welcome to any new fans who just discovered us through Hypable. We're really excited to have you. Let us know what you think of the show. Send us email at therotoscopers at gmail.com. Uh, maybe if you've gone back and listened to a few episodes, or maybe you just listened to one let us know what you think of the show and we'd love to read it on the air because you know that's what we do we're very good at that yes <laughs> okay so here we are this is our typical news segment but we are cutting the news today not because there is a lack of news but because this we have to pick a winner for our art of brave contest yay very woo. We are
0: so excited. This contest has been going on for a couple months now, and so we are finally going to find out who is going to win this fabulous book that has all of the art and all of the inside sneak peeks of The art of Brave.
1: Yeah, hopefully you've seen Brave already, but because it does have a lot of spoilers from what I've seen and read. But this book is definitely part of anyone's, you know, if you're a Pixar fan, you want this part of your collection. If you're an animation fan, this is definitely something that you want as part of your collection. So I have all the names pulled up right now, and I have Chelsea as my witness. She is going to be the moderator to make sure that I'm not cheating and that I'm not putting things in wrong and that what I say is actually the winner. So here it is. Here's our random number generator, Chelsea yes 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 and we have 13 entries right yes 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 minimum number it can pick is one the maximum 13 and we are going to push the lucky button i'm pushing generate right now Ooh. okay number six so that goes to dave richie yay dave congratulations dave you won the art of brave book from us the rotoscopers so enjoy it and congratulations so we will be sending you an email letting you know To everyone else, thank you for participating. We really appreciate um, the comments and reviews that you left on iTunes. It really helps support the podcast. So thank you. Thank Thank you. you. And is that all? That's all. Okay, so we're going to start off. No Nerdy Couch discussion today. We are going to go straight into an animation spotlight, and today we're going to be talking about stop-motion animation because our main discussion is going to be on the Wallace and Gromit shorts. Yay!
2: Man, I love (laughs) Wallace and Gromit. Me
1: too. So stop-motion, there are a few studios that do stop-motion right now. There's obviously Ardman Animation, who is kind of the, the producers behind wallace and gromit then there's also disney kind of off and on does things but it's mostly through tim burton mm-hmm. a lot of his films that like corpse bride and upcoming frank and Weenie have it and then the other studio is like a house and they're the people behind Paranorman and Coraline. oh there's oh. St- there's also rankin bass who did the um all the christmas shorts back in the 70s oh yes <laughs> oh yeah favorite. were those the two dinosaurs
0: what? No, those are like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Oh, never from mind. Santa,
2: Santa Claus.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, know.
2: but they did a stop-motion Last like days. TV special with these two dinosaurs, and it was like claymation. And then they had like little shorts, but I don't know. It was like a big like Christmas special. Like they had the California raisins. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I and the Carol beautiful.
2: of the Bells were these bells that were actually ringing themselves. You yes. know,
0: I remember in music class we got and the to whole and
2: the whole show. time <laughs> a bunch of. And the whole time a bunch of dinosaurs would come in trying to sing Here We Go, a-wassling, but they kept get, getting the lyrics wrong. Oh
1: my gosh, I totally, I think I rewatched that within the past, like, year. Really? Like, that's the wonders of YouTube. Like You just stumble across things, and then later you're like, how did I, why, I don't know.
2: <laughs> oh man, it's, it's a great one. Do y'all ever watch Parks and Rec?
1: No, no. I've heard of it
2: her boyfriend, like, gets laid off, and so he's, like, he's dealing with the unemployed life. There's a part where his, like, supervisor comes and visits him, and he's like, yeah, I've been having a lot of fun. I finally got into my passion, stop-motion animation. He's like, look at this one. And it's just, like, he's been working on a computer, and it's basically, like, a two-second long stop-motion of a guy, like, getting out of bed and yawning. And then he kind of realizes how, like, dumb the whole thing was. He's like, dang, I worked all day on that. (laughs) (laughs) It's really good. (laughs) So what
1: is stop motion first and foremost?
2: Here we go. Let me lay this down for you. Stop motion is where you have a model, whether it be clay or whatever, and you take photographs in increments, but you make changes in the poses in between shots. So you run each frame, and it looks like the character is moving with every shot that you make. And, uh, you know, at 15 or 24 frames per second, it looks like the object is moving. And uh, it definitely fits the definition of animation because it's the illusion of movement. And if you do it right, the illusion of life, you know. Okay, I'm sure our listeners know what claymation is. But it's not necessarily claymation, you know, talking about stop motion. A lot of people use, you know, just like rubber models or they'll just use models for the films. Not necessarily made of clay. This is a website I went on to today. It's like stopmotioncentral.com or like .org or something like that. It was really cool. They're really specific on like what types of clay you need to use. Like here's the pro and cons of oil-based clay. Here's the pro and cons of water-based clay. You know, they have different uses. And so it was cool. I learned I learned a couple of cool stuff. Um, most models, they use an inner skeleton called an armature. Some of them are pretty advanced. Like there was one on this website that had like a breathing apparatus in, in the chest to make the chest rise and fall as the character breathed. And so some of these get really advanced, you know, uh-huh. some of them get yeah. really, like, elaborate. Um, there's a great short on YouTube how the Arman team did uh, the Were-Rabbit character in Wallace and Gromit Purse of the Were-Rabbit, and that one was, like, really elaborate. They had stuff for his face, you know, his teeth were attached. You know, it's basically an inner skeleton uh, for the model, and that goes for other stop-motion sequences also.
1: Very cool. I took a history of animation class at BYU, and so we start from the very, very beginnings of animation, it's really cool because... It was probably a three-hour class, and the first hour and a half was lecture, and we talked about it, and the last hour and a half we would watch films. So the first, you know, half of the class is focused on kind of this rudimentary form of antiquated animation, I guess. not really antiquated, but it's just the beginnings of animation. And I just remember one of the very first videos we watched, because one of the earliest forms of animation was stop motion, because Mm -hmm. they, they just were able to use live action, but then if they wanted things to move and One of the first two people to use stop motion animation or just any form of animation in general was Albert E. Smith and J. Stewart Blackton. And the first instance is called the Humpty Dumpty Circus. So it's about a toy circus where, you know, all these acrobats and animals come to life. But the one that we watched in the class was from uh, around 1907. It was called the Haunted Hotel. So It was obviously black and white. And there's just all these little like creepy things that would move around and and float and all these different you know, creepy things that couldn't be done with camera or just cool. Yeah. So go look go on YouTube, go look up the haunted hotel. That's one of the first instances and also the Humpty Dumpty circus. So that was really cool. I was like, that's one of the things that stood out in my mind. Like obviously we didn't get to watch every single instance of animation right. that's ever happened, but that was one of them. And that would it was take a really long time. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a very significant uh, step for stop motion animation. So there's my little point.
2: Yeah, totally. Another point I wanted to make, and you said it yourself, Morgan, is that it is animation. Like, it totally fits the description of animation. And to me, stop motion is, is even more technical, and it requires just as much, if not more, skill than the traditional animation that we see today, you know, hand-drawn and, and CG. Because there's no motion software involved in moving these characters or these sets, you know. It's all by the hand of the animators, I don't know, it kind of has that kind of really classy, like, traditional, like, maybe not, maybe antique feel, but they still do this today, you know? Yeah. And so I just find stop motion, like, super fascinating because, like, we'll discuss in these Wallace and Gromit shorts, they do some really elaborate and really complicated stuff with just moving these models with their hands. And there are exceptions, like, in the Curse of the Were-Rabbit, they got around the fur problem with uh, these little sticks that they would shove into the armature through the fur, like, mm-hmm. behind it, and kind of, like, Sesame Street puppet it into each pose you know
0: yeah hey do what you gotta do
2: <laughs> but it's still like there's no software moving these there's no computer software moving these models and so yeah. i just think for that reason i think stop motion is like really cool and it definitely deserves if not more attention like more appreciation
1: yeah it's definitely a labor of love because these movies yeah. take almost longer than traditionally or 3d animated films to finish and complete like they are just always in production and obviously they have lots of different sets and they're filming it all different sorts of things all at the same time but stop motion animation like completely boggles my mind like if you just watch a scene and there's people in the background moving and then this guy's reaching for this and you just like the planning that goes into that where you have to plan everything out and then in each instance and frame you have to move everybody and see the bigger picture maybe I'm more of a person that just like is in the now and I can't see the bigger picture But when I'm watching stop motion animation, like my mind is blown. I'm like, how that is so intricate. You know how long that would have taken to move all these things? Like, I understand like really simple things where one person's moving. I could do that. I I get it. yeah, Yeah, yeah. But oh, my gosh, especially, you know, this last movie that I saw, Pirate Band of Misfits. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. And it is, you know, compared to where Aardman began and how it's definitely become very sophisticated in a way, but it still has that old feel to it. It's just really cool. Yeah,
2: yeah, totally. And going back to like the, how complicated the stop motion is now, I wonder if uh Pirates band of misfits, I wonder if they use like layering for their scenes, like they would animate, you know, this layer of the scene and then superimpose it on, you know, another piece that they animated in the background. Like, I don't, I don't know if they do that all at once or if they do it separate times, but mm-hmm. they did it all at once, man. That is so like really complicated.
0: Also, it comes down to how many people are working it. So it's like in the very beginning, the very first Wallace and Gromit that we were going to be talking about, it was basically just Nick Park. Like he wanted this was his his baby, his his college project, basically, mm-hmm. where he just spent years putting this little short together. And mm-hmm. it was just him. But then as time goes on, things get more intricate. They have more money. They can put more stuff into this. And so I'm sure they have a lot more people that help, and for example, it would be just like everybody has to have the same goal, and everybody has to have the same idea of what the bigger picture is going to be, and then each person move their part, so it's
1: it's a, a huge team effort as well, so is that that's how they do it? They all move different things in the background on one set, or does one animator have his one set that he's in charge of, and another animator is in charge of another set
2: Dang. like if this a question.
1: I would be like, whoa, whoa, whoa! You're messing with my stuff. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're messing with my vision and what I want to do. No, his hand's not supposed to do that. It's supposed to be closed and right. A fist, but I'm...
2: I bet, I bet they have anim, like lead animators for like who like supervise over animators and then or like the movers or the riggers or whatever it is that, that, that they call themselves with with claymation. And I bet they, I bet, I bet they have assignments like assigned models and stuff. Yeah. But man, that's still complicated, man. It's, it just blows my mind how they do that.
1: Yeah, I I'm right with you. <laughs> so stop motion animation. If you're working, how many seconds of animation do they usually get per week? Isn't it only like five seconds of animation really? per week? I I I could we could pause and I could double check this. Well,
0: the most recent Wallace and Gromit, they did a one minute clip for the Queen's Jubilee, mm-hmm. Diamond Jubilee, and it was only one minute long. And all in all. 500 hours were taken to complete it, from storyboard to post-production. 30 people contributed to making the animation. 60 meters of bunting were used to decorate the West Wallaby Street and the National Trust Manor that is in part of the set. 30 kilograms of modeling clay were used, and eight hours were spent brushing the grass on the set with a fork to get it just Right. I want that job. <laughs> I know.
2: The <It's> forker. <laughs> but That's that, awesome.
0: But that just takes it into a one minute clip nowadays. We're gonna be talking about the beginnings from Wallace and Gromit to even this the most recent. Take a look at the difference in quality. It's just you can just it's just amazing mm-hmm. how things have changed. But to do all that, like five hundred hours were taken to complete that yeah. thing. That's yeah, a really long funny. time. So there's just a one-minute clip, so this is like you were saying, definitely a labor of love that goes into each and every one of these episodes. And for me, it just makes it all the more interesting to watch and mm-hmm. enjoy.
2: Yeah, totally. And you can f- still find stop motion and still used today. Like the most recent example I can think of is Robot Chicken, kind of like Mad Magazine, but in stop motion mm-hmm. and on TV. It's kind of a parody <laughs> I show. <love>
1: Robot Chicken.
2: <laughs> I know. A lot of times it's used for comedic purposes. I know they threw in some stop motion, like claymation sequences in the marvelous misadventures of Flapjack, which is one of my favorite <laughs> cartoons. But um, stop motion has been used all through the years in like the biggest movies. Uh, King Kong, you know, the original one, Kong himself was all stop motion. Besides Kong, like they had some cool like stop motion dinosaurs and stuff that looked really cool. And uh, let's see another famous one, the original Clash of the Titans. There's a Medusa scene where Medusa, the Medusa character, is all stop motion. That took about a year to animate.
0: Wow! Oh,
2: oh yeah. Get this. So Jurassic Park. Did you know that before Spielberg decided to make it all CGI, the dinosaurs animations, um, they were originally going to do stop motion dinosaurs for that film. Really? really? Yeah. And if you go on YouTube, and if you have the DVD, there's a featurette where they show the scene where the Velociraptors are are in the kitchen. They show it in stop motion like that was it was like a demo reel or like a test for the stop motion dinosaurs. And instead of CGI, they're stop motion. Wow! Uh, By that point, like stop motion had gotten really, really good. The guy they had for Jurassic Park for stop motion was like super good. And the animation actually looks pretty good, but still you can tell it's stop motion. And uh, I'm really well, I'm really glad they did CGI in the end.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: And in the documentary I was watching, I was like, oh, I bet that guy lost his job. <laughs> he, he didn't <laughs> he really get paid. <laughs> Well, yeah, he didn't really. He they um, just hired him as a modeling consultant for the mm-hmm. CGI dinosaurs, oh. and using his armatures inside the dinosaur models, they were able to figure out the rigging for the CGI dinosaurs. So, oh. I thought that was pretty cool. But yeah, they were going to do the dinosaur animations in stop motion. Can you imagine?
1: That would take forever. Yeah, that would
2: like- have been nuts. <laughs>
1: kind of before CGI really hit and became the standard for special effects. Stop motion was something they used a lot. Like if you look at movies from the 70s and 80s, yeah. like stop motion, like early Star Wars. Star Wars <laughs> has a lot of stop motion. I can't think of something in particular.
2: No, when they're on the Millennium Falcon, oh, I can I can pull any clip of Star Wars out of my mouth. And <laughs> The part where they're on the Millennium Falcon and they're playing that weird chess game and there's these yes! little little claymation <laughs> type, <Yeah. laughs> like they still kept it. They still kept it in the special edition release of Star Wars, you know. After all the remastering and all the like CGI scenes, they still have that funky little claymation chess game that they're playing. <laughs> yeah, and I remember the um, the ATAT walkers from Battle of Hoth and the ATSTs also. Um, those were stop motion. Oh yeah, Return of the Jedi. They use a lot of stop motion when the ATSTs are are battling all the Ewoks out in the.
1: Isn't there a scene in Emperor Strikes Back, that weird thing that Luke is writing? Uh Uh-huh. Isn't that thing stop motion, too?
2: The tauntauns, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Yeah, so, okay, so Star Wars has a lot of stop motion in it.
1: Yeah, so it's kind of cool to see, like, where it's gone. I don't think people go to stop motion anymore as a form of special effects. It's long. It takes a lot of time and money and Mm -hmm. effort. But they've kind of gone to CGI, but still, I'm glad to see that it's still being done for feature films, you know, that are solely stop motion films, and all, what we're going to talk about the shorts.
2: Yeah, and on YouTube, what's growing now is, is the Lego Mation craze, where they just use Legos.
1: <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it makes sense. Like or Barbies,
2: they're built Barbies. It's
1: true. Well, maybe it's not as big as the Lego Mation, but
2: <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> well, they use bar- Barbies on Robot Chicken. Oh. But what I don't like about Robot Chicken is that they superimpose the mouth is moving and it looks really cheap.
1: Oh. That's hilarious.
2: But anyway. So yeah, that's just a little bit about stop motion. Um, I have a
1: quick question. Yeah. So like if you're gonna be an animator in a stop motion film, I mean, you don't really go to school with an emphasis in stop motion, do you? Or can like any animator kind of switch over?
2: Sheesh, I don't know. I don't even know if we cover stop motion, like if we do a stop motion class in the in the program at BYU.
1: Yeah. It's just interesting because there are these studios and I'm I'm I mean they're animators, the, so are of- they classically trained stop motion animators <laughs> or are they is it easier you know kind of like how the uh, the traditional animators they can go to CGI and they just kind of have to learn the software i feel like it's the same thing
2: i bet it is cuz the whole concept like the principles and the you know the i guess the doctrine of animation <laughs> still apply whether you're using CGI or, or whether you're using you know clay yeah totally. you still have to figure out uh you know secondary motion you still have to figure out squash and stretch you still have to have an appealing character you know, mm-hmm. so I don't. I don't know if there's like a like an emphasis. At least not at a BYU. There's not an claymation or a stop motion emphasis. But the principles. I do know fair. that the principles still apply to stop motion, and I do know that um, film students they often start out with stop motion. Mm-hmm. You know, to kind of get down the basics of like frame by frame animation or frame by frame movement in a film
1: yeah cool so that is our little discussion on stop motion so i hope you enjoyed it and if you have any comments or questions or you can answer the questions that maybe we didn't know send us an email and we will talk about it next time main discussion we are going to talk about the wallace and gromit shorts so there are four total in addition there is a movie originally we wanted to talk about the movie but then we decided we better just to go back to the original yeah and you know get familiar with these characters and where they came from and we'll save you know wallace and gromit curse of the were rabbit for halloween because that kind of fits in with that vibe so did i tell you what
2: october is gonna rock on this show
1: There'll be a lot of thought Motion, actually. <laughs> I know, right? Stop Motion has two times of year,
0: Halloween and Christmas.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to be doing these a That's lot. It's true.
0: In- <laughs> That's true. <laughs> kind of true. The first time I remember seeing these shorts, I remember seeing them when I was in elementary school, and it, I don't remember ever really appreciating them as much as I should have then. I think it was mostly because the only time we ever watched them was um, maybe during like rainy days. So you mm-hmm. can go outside for recess in Arizona. It's like, it drizzles a little bit and you stay inside. So yeah. <laughs> that's just how it is. But we would have rain days and you'd stay inside. And what they would do is they would just put on like Wallace and Gromit. And at the time I'm like, I want to go outside, da, 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 you know? So I really didn't get into them as much as I, I probably should have. But as I'm looking back at these now, I really do get another glimpse of the quality that goes into these things. And just how cool they are.
2: You know what? I don't think anyone will blame you, Chelsea, for not being a Wallace and Gromit fanatic, you know, while you're in grade school. So don't worry about it. Oh,
0: okay, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but anyway, um, I remember seeing this. Let's see. I used to watch this all the time with my uh, relatives, like my aunt and uncle. We used to go down to their place in China and they would like hook up a projector and we would watch Wallace and Gromit like in, in the house, like on the wall. Yeah. And I remember that. I just remember like how much we liked that it was like British humor but it was really fun. Yeah. I think Netflix describes it the best. You know where they have the, this show is, and uh-huh. it has its like categories. On Netflix, it says, this show is quirky and feel good. And it is quirky, and it does make me feel good. So that's why I like it, and that's how I remember it best when I was a kid.
1: Yeah, as I was re-watching these, I obviously had seen all of them, except for the most recent one from 2008. I'd never seen that one. But the, yeah. the originals from the late 80s, 90s, I had seen all of them, but I can't pinpoint where I had seen them. Maybe they were shown on TV, but I'd seen them. and I was familiar with the storyline enough to have seen it once or twice, three or four times. I'm not even quite sure, but familiar with the characters, who they are, uh, loved them. So there's four shorts total, and I'll just name them. There's A Grand Day Out, The Wrong Trousers, A Close Shave, and last but not least, A Matter of Loaf and Death. So those are the four Wallace and Gromish shorts. So I, I feel like there should be more. I feel like there should just be ten of these shorts around, but... Yeah,
2: there should be.
1: For the
0: fact that we remember him so well, you would think there would be. Yeah. But I was looking at some interviews about it, and the producer, Michael Rose, he said that we're fortunate enough that in England, Wallace and Gromit have been established as major character stars almost. Characters like that come along very rarely. You have to be very careful to protect them and to make sure that you don't exploit them or use them cheaply. Yes. And as I was looking at that I was like that is such a good philosophy. And going back to our discussion the other a couple episodes ago about sequels, I just feel like wow, mm. I wish that so many of these other
1: companies could take that to heart as well.
2: Don't you? <gasps> <Yeah. laughs>
1: Um, I think Wallace and Gromit, they, I mean, they're really near and dear to England's heart. And they've even hosted kind of their Christmas specials on one of the the national TV stations in the UK. They're kind of like their official spokesman for like the Christmas Day And all the festivities that come along. That's
2: cute. I remember seeing a Wallace and Gromit float, I think, for the Macy's parade or one of those parades that they do.
1: Yeah. So as we go
0: back and it's really like you guys were saying, England and the UK just really have grown very much accustomed to these. It's really cool to think how they started, though. And we're going to talk a little bit and do a small director spotlight on the director and creator
1: of Wallace and Gromit, Nick Park. So this is seen as an Ardman animation film. But in reality, it's just kind of Nick Park's solo project that he did. So he graduated from the National Film and Television School in 1982. And then from there, he joined Aardman. But he continued to do this project. You know, he was funded by both the school and Aardman. So, I mean, even though he had graduated, they the school continued to fund his project, which went on for seven years. <laughs> and, and I don't know how long their funding lasted, but Aardman also picked it up. And so... It's considered an Ardman film, but it's also his, you know, baby. And and when I say this film, we're referring to the first one, which is A Grand Day Out, which debuted in 1989. So, yeah, so Nick Park, he's always been involved with Ardman and Wallace and Gromit for his whole career. He's kind of stuck with the stop motion animation art form and hasn't really gone anywhere else. So it was really funny because I noticed that he had been on an episode of The Simpsons. So I went to go watch that episode of The Simpsons because I love The Simpsons. And the episode is called Angry Dad the Movie. So Angry Dad refers to a flash animation cartoon that Bart had done probably in an episode in the early 90s. Mm -hmm. And it was picked up by, you know, one of the dot-com startups. You know, so the dot-com startup, you know, they have like ping pong tables and everyone's riding around on scooters and having a good time, you know, because like that was the atmosphere, like big party. And um, anyways, obviously they showed that that, studio had crashed or that company had crashed. Anyways, here it is 10 years later. And they're like, yeah, we lost everything except for we still have the rights to angry dad. Bart. We want to make a movie about angry dad and angry dad is just Homer. And then Bart kind of animates it and makes a bunch of money. (laughs) So he films this big movie. It's worth it's two hours long and he cuts everything because it's horrible. So he turns into an animated short and then it starts making the award circuit and it wins, keeps winning. So then he's there at the Oscars And it's just funny because they're kind of spoofing animated shorts, but they're paying homage to at the same time. Right. And Bart is sitting next to Nick Park because Nick Park's Wallace and Gromit. So he's talking to Nick Park and Nick Park's newest short for Willis and Crumble. (laughs) (laughs) Willis
2: and Crumble. Yeah,
1: have been announced and it's called Better Gnomes and Gardens. (laughs) And it's just and they got a different studio uh the simpsons got a different stop motion studio to produce a, a 30 second thing so i'll put it in the show notes because it's really funny and it's like total rip off you know the big mouths that move and right. you know kind of have this little arc to them and it's really funny because nick park he's like his his fingers fall off and he sticks them back on he was like i'm more clay than man now
2: <laughs> I'm more clay than man.
1: so that was just kind of <laughs> That he was in the episode, and that's that episode is so funny because all the Pixar guys, like John Lasseter and all the main guys, they roll up to the Oscars on scooters, (laughs) and then randomly there's like a fake Randy Newman who's singing a very Randy Newman song. And then my favorite thing is that you know they they showed these little clips, and one was like an obvious, you know the 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 shorts that come out of Europe are very gritty, and and they kind of made fun of the triplets of Belleville, I think. And oh, yeah. so there's that and then they show another like black and white like holocaust type oh, short what? you know cuz there's always like this huge shift in like what right. the subject and then they have Pixar short which is called Condiments and it's like a spoof on Toy Story where there's a ketchup bottle a mustard bottle relish <laughs> peanut butter and it and they you know had a little a different 3D studio animate that so i'm going to put those in the show notes cuz those like spoofs are so funny. It so has <laughs> nothing to do with Nick Park, but that's a really funny episode if you kind of want to be familiar with animated shorts in a, a parody sort of way. So I'm just one thing I learned from that episode is that an animated short to be counted has to be 40 minutes or less, including the the credits. So that's why these shorts, even though they're 30 minutes long and they're pretty long. For today's standards, for a short, mm-hmm. if it's under 40 minutes, it's considered a short. Hmm. So let's move on to our first movie. So, the first one is A Grand Day Out, released in 1989. It did not win the Oscar. It actually lost to Nick Park's other stop motion <laughs> film. It was called Creature Comforts. Oh, oh, so. Yeah.
2: Anyway, the first thing you recognize after watching, you know, when watching these shorts again is a theme song that catchy little theme song, you know. Don't it's make me true. do the whole thing. <laughs> but I just like it, man. I don't know. Well, I remember when I first watched it as a kid, I would, like, watch it, and I would, like, hum that theme song for, like, days afterwards.
1: So, we were talking earlier that can you say claymation? Like, this is, when I look at this, I think, whoa, this is claymation because you compare this to pirates, and this is made, I mean, just the contrast between the two films i mean they look completely different yes it's stop motion but one is clearly claymation uh, but in this uh, they use plasticine which is a special type of clay but it's just funny because you can see like the the imprints there's a certain scene where they zoom in and wallace is drawing a picture of the rocket and mm-hmm. it's just funny because you can see the fingerprints of the animators and they appear and they disappear and they move and they appear and they disappear yeah. just as he's yeah. going so i mean can you say clay because it's definitely clay
2: I know, I love it.
1: Uh, I also noticed that there's, like, the
0: clay actually kind of looks a little dirty in this one.
2: Yeah, it totally does. Like, like, it feels like, it looks like you can see, like, not dirt, but, like, grime and stuff where they press it in. And-
0: or it's like, just, this clay has been around for a while. <laughs> you know, the you know, you know, old Play-Doh, how it just kind of, like, kind of the white always... Just dingy. Got a little dingy after a while. Dingy. So, it kind of felt like... That in some ways, I guess it just goes to show you how long he had been working on this. <laughs> <laughs> he just kept around the same clay for the years, well, seven
1: years.
2: <laughs> but, yeah, definitely not as definitely not as like refined or streamlined as the other shorts.
1: Yeah, it, it seems almost rudimentary by today's stop motion standards.
2: There's a part where they're looking up at where they like stop because they're thinking about where they need to go, and then they look out the window to the moon. But it's like Wallace's head like turns an impossible way around, like it's like like (laughs) two hundred seventy degrees back. It was really funny. Wallace's character
1: design, like I feel like everything was really good except for Wallace's face. It didn't stay on model too well. Like I feel, yeah, just kind
2: of morphed around a lot. Yes, Uh
1: the first one. I I don't think he totally had the character
0: design totally streamlined at that point. You can see,
2: and definitely not not very well um, developed either. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. You can tell, like, because later on he, get, he gets more toothy grins. He gets well; like, it gets more sophisticated, right? But even there's more
2: dialogue too. Like in this first short, there's almost nothing.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. They're just creating this, and just it's cool to see the the differences and how how far it's come.
2: But at the same time, it's got some good scenes, like when they do the close up of his hand drawing the um, the final sketch of the rocket ship. Yeah, it's pretty hard, you know. They get the animation of his hand, like holding the pen and putting mm-hmm. everything down in the wrist and the finger movement. And I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, it, it is rough, but you can tell this guy's got skills from the first, from, you know, the first short.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, like, we can't discredit this guy. I mean, no. he's doing a fabulous thing all by himself. I mean, I couldn't even... Still, again, mind blown yeah. with, <laughs> no. with this stop motion stuff. So I love, like, the plot line. Like, this becomes a running gag in Wallace and Gromit. It's the cheese plot line. Yeah, There's always cheese involved. Yeah. <laughs> It has
2: stick. to be. Cheese, grommet. <laughs> Someone's been at me cheese.
1: Oh, something oh, kind right. of interesting. I was reading on IMDb. It says the creators made Wallace say Wensleydale yeah. um, because it made his face look nice and toothy, and that's a type of cheese that, you know, Wallace was interested in. But they didn't realize that there was a cheese factory where Wensleydale cheese was made, and it was really on its last leg, and it was about to declare bankruptcy. But after this film, it brought the factory back, like... <laughs>
2: Because oh, everybody like thought it. about Wensleydale cheese after yeah, that. Yeah, they started Yay. buying it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome!
1: Yeah, totally.
2: I'm always fascinated in like the product placements. Not that this was blatant product placement in a movie, but like mentioning a certain product in movies if it actually helps the sales.
1: Yeah, oh, Of sure the companies,
2: I don't know. I didn't go out and buy Converse shoes after I Robot, but anyway.
1: I paid more <laughs> attention to Volvo's after reading Twilight. I'll tell you. <laughs> I'll tell you that for sure.
2: I don't know if it's just. I don't know if it's just this Wallace and Gromit you know, episode, uh, that made me think about this, but watching these shorts, I realized, um, kind of an important thing about animation that I've learned watching animation and studying animation is it kind of has to do with what animation is all about. Like besides giving the illusion of life, you know, and making these characters move and look like they feel and talk and have, you know, have lives. When I watch animation, I want to see what the animators can do with it. Not like a trick or like a gag, but, I want to see the cool stuff, the cool and funny stuff that they can let have these characters do. For example, when they're constructing the rocket in his garage, they do a bunch of funny stuff. Like when Gromit is using the drill, you know, uh-huh. and then he does it a certain way and he holds it in, and then all of a sudden he starts spinning instead yeah. of the screw. Yeah, like that that couldn't happen in real life. Or like when Wallace is is sawing the board and it saws the table legs together. Like that's like funny stuff that. But it, I think it just makes it even more funny because it's not real life. You know, it's these like animator, you know, animated images, you know, and it's supposed to be not from life. Like, it's supposed to be fake. I don't want to say fake, you know, but they're doing such, like, funny, real stuff that's just full of life.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, it's out-of-this-world things. Like, that's that's another cool thing about animation in general, is you take a look at something that's not possible in Mm -hmm. real life, and you make it possible in this world. And that's one thing I think that why we are drawn to a lot of these different movies in general is just because it's like I want to see the impossible done yeah like
1: flying to the moon that's made out of cheese exactly <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. And I guess I guess you could call this all like the kind of the magic of animation like I want to see something like it's good animation when I watch a scene or like a, a sequence and I'm like wow that is awesome that is like awesome and funny and that could only work in animated film mm-hmm so yeah. I guess that's just the point I'm trying to get across. Like there's some funny stuff, like when they're blasting off and the mice are all looking at them, and then they suddenly put on sunglasses, you know, when the, the afterburners flare up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and when they're on the moon and Wallace is like, All right, we're here, and he kicks that soccer ball
1: <laughs> he and just for it to come
2: down, and it just keeps it it never comes down. And he's just like, hmm. Well,
1: okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I liked that part too.
2: I know. I, I like Wallace's personality. It's just kind of like nothing really phases him, you know?
0: Ever. Yeah.
2: <laughs> kind of bl- maybe blissfully unaware even of stuff that's going on.
0: Uh-huh. That's so well, Gromit. <laughs> I, got, I forgot the crackers. I, I forgot the
2: crackers. I love it.
0: Hold on. <laughs> As he like runs up and Gromit's just like, oh, you again. <laughs> I have to put Gromit. up with this.
2: Gromit, too. I mean, there's so much to be said about Gromit. <laughs>
0: The greatness is, I think, how they created the personalities and the relationship between the two characters. You know, like we said, Wallace is just this happy, innocent, and just naive character. Mm -hmm. But but then you have Gromit, who has more of a head on his shoulders, but at the same time, the only way you can really tell is through his facial expressions. And so you really just start getting into the head of this dog. (laughs) You don't even need words. You just you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, this yeah. is again with the cheese, again with the crackers.
1: <laughs> it's <laughs> um, so
2: cool because they achieve all of it without without dialogue between yeah. the two.
1: I was watching this with my husband, and it was, even within the first two minutes, you know, he I think he'd seen these before, but I don't know if he really had. And he was like, the dog is the brains of the operation, <laughs> isn't he? Like, yep. <laughs> it did not take long to figure that out, <laughs> right? Yeah, totally. Okay, I love when they're on the moon and there's that random robot cop who like has the, has dreams of skiing. Like that's just such a yeah, a random <laughs> I, side point to add. I, huh. But it's I, funny. I like I know it that. is funny.
2: <laughs> you know, Netflix gives everyone the wrong idea about that robot. You know how I feel about villains and who is the villain and, uh-huh. and, and so but on the short synopsis on the on that short, it refers to the robot as, quote, an evil oven-like robot called the cooker, end quote. <laughs> and I'm like, what the heck, man? Like, he's not evil. Just because you're an antagonist does not mean you're evil. It does not mean you are a bad guy, you know? <laughs> 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 you <were laughs> but yeah, I like the robot, too. Like, he's really funny. Like, he, he doesn't have any lines either, but it's all through the motions. And his kind of body language that you figure out, like, his personality. is like, okay, he's like the official, like, law enforcement of the moon. Mm-hmm. Local law enforcement. It's about time you guys got here.
0: <laughs> I don't know. One thing I didn't really understand is, is he a coin-operated law enforcer? Because <laughs> that's the only time he, like, came alive? I didn't really understand that.
2: I saw him more as a maintenance robot that kind of takes his job a little too seriously. <laughs>
1: yeah, I can see that. <laughs>
2: you know, all, the, all that cheese needs a lot of maintenance up there.
1: Because you start to pity him because all he really wants I mean he just wants to do his job and then he just wants to go skiing on earth <laughs> and then the, the rocket flies away at the end and like, like he's really Aww. sad and like I, I felt really bad for him you know and like that, that shows great storytelling to, on on Nick's part because I'm feeling for a robot police officer on the moon <laughs> 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 I, I, I feel it right here
2: wait take a step back this is happening <laughs>
1: he gets his happy ending at the end. So it all yeah.
2: works out. Gets to ski on the moon. Yay. And I like how there's no hard feelings behind, between, between Wallace and, and Gromit and the robot cop guy. Cause they're waving back to him at the end.
1: Yeah. yeah. Like, okay. Bye. <laughs> so this movie has a hundred percent critical rating on Rotten Tomatoes.
2: Of course it does.
1: Awesome. Everyone liked it. So very good. Nominated for the Oscar,
0: but lost to another one of Nick Park's. but <laughs> it happens. Hey, yeah, okay, he won though. So he's yeah. like, Cool. I don't care which one wins. <laughs> doesn't matter me one bit. <laughs> and next we have The Wrong Trousers.
2: Oh, my favorite. This is was this really my favorite cool. one. Yeah. It's, it's you, the wrong trousers, girl, mate. It's gone <laughs> wrong.
0: This one actually did win the Academy Award for the best animated short in 1993. And it also has 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Two for two.
2: Yeah. There you go.
0: And just like Mason, this is Park's
1: favorite of the films. Mm, that he's done. Interesting. I don't know which one's my favorite. I'm going to hold off till the end. But this one's one of the top.
0: This one was I really loved it because you could just so see the quality in this is just amazingly different. Yes. It shocked me almost. I was so used I watched the first and I was like oh that was nice then I went into the wrong trousers like whoa this is intense.
1: Yeah I mean there was an obvious learning curve on the first one and it was a one man operation you know. So and then this He had been working at Arvin for four years while working on this. So, I mean, he'd had time to hone his skill. He didn't have to probably relearn how to design the characters and all this stuff. And by that point, he had just gotten better, better, better. So, yeah, when you look at this one after watching the first one, you're like, whoa, someone streamlined everything yeah. because like the main thing I noticed is Wallace's face yeah it's always on model it's perfectly smooth it's very detailed while the first one like his teeth were kind of blurry like you couldn't tell if they were there yeah And this one you know he has his very uh square teeth and his mm-hmm. smile and his ears and his head so very good
2: yeah totally I could still see I couldn't see as blatantly the fingerprints but I saw some in the in the penguin yeah but in that like yeah definitely a lot more refined in this one Mm
0: -hmm. I also liked how they paid homage to the first film as like the very first few seconds as they're starting out the the short. They have little spaceships on the wall and you'll see that as kind of side little details that they Mm -hmm. put in here. And through each one of these shorts, you'll be able to see a lot of those details come around as well that even lead into other movies. But I'm really a huge fan of all the detail on this one, even from the first few seconds when Gromit is pouring out the tea and the water and the tea splashes a little and it just i just feel like it has a really good flow mm. and i just think that is so incredible to be able to
1: animate that that's one of my things like the two main things that i don't really quite understand about stop motion animation is water and like when they're in the air mm-hmm. like when they're jumping or moving in in a way that they're not connected to the ground like still don't quite get it yeah
2: <laughs> yeah how do they do that Sheesh. I don't know. Maybe we'll have, maybe we need to get like a stop motion director I think, I think or animator on the show. Well, I got a question. What is what's Wallace's occupation? Is he like an inventor? I think he says tinker in one of the episodes, but he seems to like gadgets, like kind of like he's kind of like a Mr. Dink on Doug, you know, very expensive, you know, like he's like I think you'll find this present a fine addition to a modern lifestyle. It's oh. all well, about that modern lifestyle. He's got all kinds of gadgets.
1: I don't know. I always thought he was just, like, a struggling middle-class inventor. You know, hence the sweater vest. Right. But he he's always, like... like an
2: inventor he, uniform?
1: He has these inventions that he's making and in, in kind of has in his house... But at the same time, they're not enough to pay the bills. And so he has these odd jobs. And he's not very good about keeping jobs because every episode he's doing something different. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't
0: have money. So he needs money. And so that's why he needs to (laughs) rent out this room.
2: Did he invent the trousers or did he order them or something? I think he ordered them. You didn't really. It wasn't like he was really like.
1: They didn't explain that really.
2: It just showed up.
1: I love the beginning. It, it's clearly Gromit's birthday. Right. And you know when it's your birthday and you're like so excited and you want everyone to know and you've been telling people for months, hey, my birthday's coming <laughs> up. You know, that's how I, I kind of get that vibe from Gromit. And he's, it's just so sad when at the very beginning, Wallace doesn't appear to acknowledge it's his birthday. Right. <laughs> but he does get a singing card. And I thought it was really funny because, you know, it has singing cards before singing cards were even cool.
2: It's true. <laughs> Wait, singing cards are cool?
1: I think so. I think awesome. my mom always gives me princess ones.
2: (laughs) Oh, yay. I love it. Grom is really the star of this one. Yeah. He's the most fun to watch in my opinion, because he doesn't have dialogue. So you're watching him more closely. Mm -hmm. One. I love that. He crochets. (laughs) (laughs) He crochets in the curse of the were rabbit also. Yeah. I think it's like his nervous tick. Like that's what he does. Okay, there's this one scene where the jelly gun is fire is is shooting at him, uh-huh. and he looks down at the toaster, and the toaster clicks, and he's expecting toast to pop up, but there's no toast in it. And his face, right at that moment, is like, "Oh crap!" Like, <laughs> uh oh. His reaction is like priceless. One thing I just love about this short is that it establishes like this dark and like moody atmosphere in this film. Uh huh. And the first thing I thought was like a Hitchcock movie you know how they establish like the miss the creepiness of the penguin <laughs> yeah, i love that penguin
1: <gasps> they did the penguins, penguins, first.
2: The, penguins never, the penguin's never the the bad guy he's either the comedy routine you know yeah of madagascar and there's like villain penguins on like pebble and the penguin but yeah uh, you never see any bad guy penguins that's true
1: <gasps> yeah i i definitely get that vibe it's very creepy and eerie this film Compared to the last one, which was so light and happy and jolly. It was. This one has a different shift, and I like that because, you know, they're not just doing what works best. And, oh, we know we can do just a funny, quirky movie, but this one kind of takes a shift, and I like it.
2: I think the other star of this short is the penguin. I think he kind of deserves a little spotlight in this film because he's, like, so awesome. Like, oh, my God, I don't know what it is about this penguin. Maybe it's because he's just, like, so creepy and he doesn't talk or that he's, like, so smooth. What's original
0: what's interesting is originally they had plans to do like a flock of penguins as the bad guys. Ooh.
1: Ooh, expensive. Oh expensive.
0: Yeah, very expensive. <laughs> but then they decided to niche that and instead just go for the one. Yeah, which I think was it was very nice to have just a one solitary villain of this penguin. It's just he's he's got something wrong with him.
1: Well, and also it's kind of like the, the camel in the tent, you know, it's it doesn't hurt if you just let one in. Yeah. And just have one guy in there. And yeah. then it gets worse and worse and eventually the whole camel's in the tent and pushed you out. Like that's kind of the idea I get.
0: What's really cool is later on when Grommet like sees that this penguin is is actually a bad guy and sees the wanted poster, he's got it like a thousand pounds as a you know, as a monetary reward. Of,
2: <laughs> How much <laughs> but, is a thousand pounds?
0: Well, if you're looking at it in today's standards, um, it's at least double the U.S. dollar.
2: Oh my gosh. So... Well, oh, that's a valuable yeah. penguin.
0: 50 bucks ain't bad. <laughs>
2: 50 bucks ain't bad. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> but what makes him such a menacing character? I To me, those beady little eyes. You know? <laughs>
1: yes! Beady indeed. Because I mean, like, he
2: just kind of... I love the part where he's, like, walking and grommets in the box. And all of a sudden the penguin, like, just looks at him. Looks over in his direction. It's, like, so funny because it's such a, like... You wonder what he's thinking, because it's such an expressionless face, you know?
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, my God. I'm so glad they didn't give him, like, you know, a more elaborate face or, like, eyebrows or anything, because that would have just ruined it. But I just love how it just got these two beady little eyes. And then uh, he takes out the mirror and <laughs> admires himself as the chicken, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> diabolical when he strokes that, that glove.
1: Yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, that's one oh, of the I best parts it. when he's just like stroking it <laughs> on top of his head. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> I'm like, where did he come up with that? <laughs> great, great gag.
2: There's some other details I like. One of my favorite moments is when he's getting all nervous and like sweaty during the the diamond robbery when yeah. <laughs> things start going wrong, and he's like little beads of sweat are going going down. It's like really funny. For some reason, it's just like it's so funny because it's so like simplistic and minimalist. And um, I don't know. I think that's just what makes him such an appealing character.
0: For some reason, as I was watching that scene, it really reminded me of Inspector Gadget. Dum <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. I was like, I think it was just because Wallace has the hand, like the claw, come out of his out of his hat, and uh-huh. just like goes down. I'm like, this just is too. Close to Inspector Gadget for
2: me. And he's definitely one of the diabolical inventor types because he has his own inventions. Yeah. You know me and my conspiracy theories for animated films. Maybe he's really like a super penguin that escaped from a lab somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> he
0: but escaped he, from the zoo. <laughs> okay.
2: Well, he could have definitely escaped from the zoo again because when they throw him in the bars in the zoo and he looks around, like he so could have slipped through the bars at the zoo. That's like a classic classic cartoon moment. That's like a rule. It doesn't matter how large the gap it, between the bars is. If you're a cartoon character and you're in jail, you cannot get out. You know, <laughs> even if you could totally slip through the the spaces in the bars, you can't. You can't. You're in jail. So trivia time. Do you want to know what the name of the penguin is?
1: Mm. I like, has... I came across it as I was reading. Is it called Feathers?
0: Feathers McGraw.
2: Feathers McGraw. Yeah. Really? Nice. Yeah. Actually, his name in the I think it's in the newspaper, right? Uh
1: huh. <laughs> yeah. It's not a name. <laughs>
2: So, like Chelsea said, there are a lot of allusions to past episodes, you know, as you go further and further into Wallace and Gromit uh, chronology. Uh, i always like, there's always something funny in the newspaper that Gromit reads, and this one, yeah. it's Moon Cheese Shares Soar, <laughs> referring to the cheese on the moon. Right. And then, and then uh, in that same scene, uh, you look behind Gromit where he's sitting at the t- table and there's a photo of Mickey Mouse. Um, I saw
0: that, too. Yeah. It's right about, like, three minutes and 20 seconds, and I'm just like, what the... that
2: mickey mouse yeah i love it and then um there's a part where the where the penguin or should i say what's his name feathers mcgraw shoves wallace into the the wardrobe thing there's a model of the moon rocket in the corner like (laughs) a little toy toy version i guess yeah Uh yeah i really like it i guess what makes this the series so cool is that they have like little stuff that you watch out for it's kind of like do you remember those books called i spy the i spy series
1: Yes. Yeah, I love those It
2: guys. had like a bazillion things going on, and in addition to stuff you're supposed to find, they had like really funny stuff going on. Mm-hmm. It's kinda like that. It kinda had like that feel with to mm-hmm. me.
0: I really loved how Wallace he even puts his PJs over his the
1: Mechanical
2: trousers. Mechanical trousers. <laughs> mechanical
0: trousers. It's like he has to continue with he has to continue with his Just ritual retain. no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> like whether he's got these mechanical trousers on or not, he has to put his PJs on. There's also this picture of Sean the sheep that you will be in the next video, but he was first put in this one. And it actually says that Park, he's like, yeah, I didn't really have an idea. I I wasn't even really thinking about one about sheep beforehand, but we just ended up with this picture of sheep, and I just thought it looked good. So (laughs) I had it there. (laughs) So he just got this random picture of a sheep, which later on goes into his next film. And he even talks about how it's funny that all these little ideas are there from the beginning, but it just takes a little bit of time for him to discover them and just like play on each one as they Mm -hmm. keep going and that you can analyze all these different things into the future. What if
1: Sean the sheep was the bad guy in this one instead of the penguin?
2: Definitely would not be as creepy. Not as creepy? Yeah. Okay. Just be like, oh, he's a cute little villain instead of,
0: you (laughs) know. Touché. And Nick also said that he worked with the same writer on The Wrong Trousers as he did on his next one, the, A Close Shave, Bob Baker. Um, but he just talked about how every once in a while they would just sit there and just do nothing. And they would just look at their cups and just think of anything. And if something <laughs> made them laugh and they would just start talking, they would just start saying things. And it's like, if it made us laugh, then we would put it in. That's what. <laughs> that's how it works. We just look for something that gets that reaction. And it's like, no matter what it is, it's... It could be the most, uh, like, random, obscure thing. But if it made them laugh, yes, we're putting that in there. So we can see how a lot of these little ideas, they just kind of bloomed and just got even better as they went along through all the writing processes of each one of these shorts. What an awesome job. I know. Sit
1: around a table and just, like, make each other laugh. <laughs> it's almost like, I know. The, the
2: creative, like, brainstorming parts of these movies is just so fun.
1: Our next the third Wallace and Gromit short is called A Close Shave. It came out in 1995. Man. <laughs> it got 100 another 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. 3/3. Yeah. Who this,
2: else has done that with animation?
1: I think the Toy Story series almost has 100% for all of them. I think one of them has like 99.
2: Oh jeez.
1: But yeah, I mean, you know you're good. Okay, yeah. like you you can tell like the first few weren't flukes. Yeah. If you can recreate that and people keep coming back and wanting more. So actually, this one, I thought it was really interesting. It was released theatrically in the United States with Pocahontas.
2: What? I don't remember that.
1: Yeah. And this is like a 30-minute short. So I'm trying to sit here thinking, like imagining with a bunch of kids. Yeah. I mean, it's hilarious and it's funny. I don't see people getting bored with it. But then it's like, oh, we still have... We still have a 90-minute feature after this. Yeah, that's a double feature right there. Yeah. Well,
2: well they showed um, they showed the first episode of Hey Arnold before Harriet the Spy. They did? And that's 20 minutes, yeah. Wow. I remember I'm, that.
1: I did not remember that. I saw Pocahontas. I don't I don't remember seeing this, but this must have been one of those instances where I became acquainted with Wallace and Gromit because I know I saw Pocahontas. At the <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, once again, cloche, there's a lot of drama and action and excitement in this short. It's got a killer story. No pun intended. Uh-huh. You know, I love the twists, you know, and it, it all comes up to this climax. And the the chase scene was awesome. Yeah, when I they're outside, uh-huh. it definitely takes the scale like out of their house.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, they've had a lot more work on a lot of different sets. You can just see the the intricacies of these films just get a little bit higher detail each time. But at the same time, you still have a really good focus on the relationship between the two characters. For example, like in the very beginning when. Wallace wakes up and he's like, he puts the little thing. He's like, Gromit, I want porridge today. It's Tuesday. I want (laughs) porridge today. And I'm just thinking, oh, my gosh, I would be so annoyed if I were (laughs) Gromit. Like, you can't do anything by yourself. Like, what is your deal? I know, I love it. There's
2: a lot of porridge in this film.
0: Yeah. They do a lot of food. They go from cheese in the first one. The second one, they do more of... Oh, he's, he still likes cheese. Yeah, no, yeah, but it's, like, focus, like, as yeah. using as a as a major prop, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. And so the next one they did jelly. They did the jelly gun. Yeah, yeah. And then this one they used the gun again, but it's now a porridge gun, so. Oh, yeah. They're just trying to oh, find all lost. these new uses for these mechanics.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of food tech going on here. Maybe that's, like, Wallace's, like, inventing specialty.
1: So, again, there's the fall out of bed and have your trousers automatically appear on your body method of getting ready like is that really the most efficient way to dress yourself yeah i wouldn't mind <laughs> I, don't, I don't know i think his inventions I don't know, never are, tried it they're, they're good <laughs> but then at the same time his inventions are kind of crappy yeah
2: oh man it's a work in progress bro
1: yeah <laughs> and again he has a new job he is a window washer this time around so at least he has a job Right, you know, kind of pay the bills, but he does have a fabulous invention, which is the the sheep washing and shearing machine. Yeah, it's, it's so called weaver. Gromit's Wool-O-Matic or something or Wash-O-Matic. I can't remember.
2: Oh, I love that thing when it's washing the it's washing the sheep and it's just yeah. like eh eh <laughs> eh, yeah. it's like squishing them together.
1: I love in that scene like all the bubbles. Oh, yeah. And like the suds when they're washing the windows and the bubbles. I thought about that too. I was like, how did
0: they do that? I was reading that, and it was
1: like a combination of kind of the clay and then like hair gel. And so, towards the end of production or like the end of the day, like it would, you know, they use the gel to make it stick together. And like because it was under the studio lights for so long, it really started to like reek in there. Oh,
2: really?
0: I bet they thought twice about what scented flavor of shampoo they used.
1: (laughs) <laughs> strawberry that's funny I like the wool rationing where it's yeah. two balls per person <laughs> I like think who, who a... rations wool hey well, mean... who, who's knitting their own clothes other than Gromit yeah
2: <laughs> I know right okay so once again it's, this short is like poor Gromit the whole time because you know he knows too much and he tries to warn Wallace but Wallace just gets way in too deep and so does Gromit you know and at the same time they're trying to save their their little pet sheep that wanders into their house you know <laughs> But there's uh, there's Preston as well, another dog, you know. I guess he's a bulldog, or or he's just Uh a mean dog, you know. Another silent, menacing villain with the dark side, of course, the darker side. This guy
0: was really dark.
2: Kind of like an anti-grommet, you know? Yeah. Because he's also paired with a human, Wendelin, and you think that she's evil too, you know? You think that she's in on the, you know, the dirty deeds. But
1: really, it's just no. But she is because then she's like, you're taking it too far, Preston. Like I feel like she was involved. But then it just kind of went too far. Yeah. Know. Yeah. I love the one part where Winslyn and Wallace they're talking and then something knocks all the balls of yarn onto the ground or balls of wool and there's the predictable both our hands touch while picking something up.
2: Oh and dude, it's you know that's gonna happen.
1: <laughs> like that's a classic moment in any love film is right. like you know it reminds me of like so what movies have we seen this before? Can anyone name movies? goofy
2: movie then, yes <laughs> uh they did it on lady and the tramp except they went straight for the lips man yeah <laughs> first date and everything
1: so the sheep shear, we kind of talked about the the sheep shearing machine it kind of reminds me of that scene in the pixar short bounden yeah but bounded happened a lot after this but you know Boundin, there's this big fluffy sheep and then some, someone comes they shear him and then he's all sad <laughs> you know
2: and you in the buff <laughs>
1: And you just discover, like, oh, it's okay. I'll just bounce and be happy, and, you know, they'll share me next year. But, like, I, along the same vein.
2: Yeah, it's
0: funny. It reminds, okay, this is really random, but have you guys ever seen the Tiny Toons, How I Spent My Summer Vacation? Yes. And it's like, instead of having the Tasmanian Devil, they have, like, the younger version, which is Dizzy. Uh-huh. And so he's, like, walking down the street, and he's, like, crying. And, like, why, Dizzy? Why are you so blue? And he's just like... In summer, Dizzy shed. If Dizzy spin, Dizzy be naked. <laughs> what?
2: Random. I never watched Tiny Toons in I
0: love that show.
2: Like, Tiny Toons the Animaniacs was like off limits of my house for some
1: Aww. reason. Those are great Those ones. are amazing. Especially Animaniacs. <laughs> yeah.
2: Same thing we do every night, Pinky. Yeah. It is kind of like Bounding. Man, I love that sheep washing part. I don't know. It's kind of like the circle of life for sheep, though. They never seem to protest that much. Yeah. <laughs> Sean is a pretty interesting sheep, though, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. One thing that really, like, rubbed me the wrong way is, like, you see him and he's eating everything. And then he even gets to the point where he starts eating and chewing on the bone. <laughs> and I'm like, this oh, yeah, just Rahma's seems bone. wrong. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, are we going cannibalism here now? <laughs> like, sheep aren't supposed to do that. But whatever. Then Wallace is just like he just makes up a name. He's like, "I will we'll call him Sean. Eh? Come on, Sean. Let's no need to be name.
1: sheepish.
0: Don't be sheepish. <laughs> it was it his name because Wendelin just like randomly is like, "Oh, Sean, go get it." And I'm like, "How did you know his name? I don't know.
2: Man, that is kind of a continuity thing. How did you know his name? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe there's an extra extra scene where they learn his name.
0: Maybe." <laughs> So I really like the part when he gets called in to do the job, and so he goes up, and he sees her through the windows, and he's like, oh, I need to go talk to this one. <laughs> she, like, walks in and starts talking to her, and he, like, pulls out the best pickup line ever. <laughs> well, tell me about the windows.
2: <laughs> I know. It's awesome. Windows are our speciality. Wham! He, like, hits his head on the... Oh, yeah. I like, I like a good clumsy moment, you know. Yeah. Waltz is pretty love-struck with this girl. Wait,
1: is that when he he slams into the glass door?
2: That's when he slams into the glass door. Yeah, yeah, that
1: part's really awesome because if you watch it, like not in slow motion, but if you just pay attention to it, like he completely smashes. Yeah. So like that poor model, they had to like squish. That's.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, he does, doesn't he?
1: Squash and stretch right there.
2: Squetch. love it.
1: Okay, I'm just general question for all these films. Does Gromit ever make a noise, bark, etc.
2: He does growl at one point. Ooh. At what? In which short? Just all of he, them. I think he growls. Yeah, he growls when he's watching the penguin. Is The penguin's, like, pampering Wallace at one point. And he's like, how bad that, Gromit, you know?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's something. right. And
2: then Gromit starts, like, growling. I know he growls. I don't think he ever barks once.
1: Huh. Just interesting. Just a very tame, quiet dog.
2: So Gromit and Wallace's relationship in this film is kind of weird because when he gets like convicted of, wrongly convicted of being a sheep killer, Wallace was, didn't even do anything. Yeah. he was <laughs> like, just sitting at home like, oh, Gromit, you know, <laughs> watching all the headlines, you know, I was like, geez, Wallace, why didn't you do something about it? And then, and then, you know, later, you know.
0: Yeah. He just like accepts that Gromit is the sheep killer. And he's like, oh, Gromit. Well, also, how <laughs> and then Gee. like. One by one, each of the sheep are like, oh, he turned bad. Like They all accept this the same
1: well, yeah, reality. That's, that's the same time when um, he's trying to skip, you know, he finds Gromit and he's trying to help him get out of the country. He's like, I guess you have to skip the country now. A fugitive, eh? Like, <laughs> fugitive,
2: eh? here you go. <laughs> it's like, hey, good for you. Got your GED, huh? <laughs> fugitive now.
0: <laughs> oh, man. That, the part when he goes and he like rescues him is really funny because nick park always talked about it's interesting when he had each one of the animals do something for like when you said in the first one when brahmat has the has the screw gun and Uh he like spins around with that and then also in this one he talks about when the sheep have the saw and they saw the bars out and he was like for some reason like people just like seeing animals with guns and with (laughs) the <laughs> motorized devices. I'm like, what? That's weird. Odd.
1: <laughs> um odd. So we were talking about Sean the Sheep. So what happened is he has his own TV show now. So there was a spinoff from this character. So maybe that's why we haven't seen as much Waltz and Gromit, because they went and started doing Sean the Sheep TV show. So that's also on Netflix, so check it out, listeners, yeah. if you want to watch Sean the Sheep. I watched a few episodes, but, I mean, he turned out to be this grossly popular character that they just... Took it and they went went on and did more.
2: Yeah, totally. So after Chicken Run, did Artman Animation did it kind of hit a, hit a low point or did it thrive or something?
1: Well, no. From they, I think two thousand five, they came out with Flushed Away, and so that was a deal
2: but with was, DreamWorks. But was Flushed Was Flushed Away CG or was it, it was, was it stop motion? It, yeah,
1: I think it was CG, but it looked you know the characters looked like the classic Ardman characters right yeah. so but they you know they still had to send all their troops over there and work on it and and whatever so that was kind of like a dual thing so they kind of focused on that after Chicken Run like yeah and then
0: after where they they were with Dreamworks for a while but then as time went on they talked about how the ending of that one was kind of amicable like they're just like yeah they're kind of going in a different direction than we are and we are been the same we're going in our own little direction as well so like The separation was still amicable, but it was definitely a, a change.
1: Yeah, so I've just looked this up. Chicken Run came out in 2000. That was with DreamWorks. Wallace and Gromit, Curse of the Were-Rabbit was 2005. Again, with DreamWorks. Flushed Away was with DreamWorks, and that's kind of where they parted ways. And that was in 2006. So, hmm. I mean, it's not like, it's not like they haven't... Arman Animation hasn't been doing anything. I mean, typically it takes about four years to make a film, but... I guess right after Chicken Run is when they started with the Shaun the Sheep. And I just looked at this; it says there's a Shaun the Sheep movie coming out 2014 or 2015. Yeah. So, or sorry, hey.
2: 2013, 2014. Wait, so does Shaun in the Shaun the Sheep series does he speak or is he silent like in? The... I
1: think they're silent. He's they're silent. They're really short; like they're only seven or eight minutes long. These episodes. Oh.
2: Oh. <laughs> well, fun. because if
1: you, I mean, it's stop motion. I mean, right. So
2: last thing we're gonna. But can I, can I say one more Stage? Okay, I really like how Wallace and Wendelin's relationship kind of wraps up at the end. she's <laughs> like, you should come by for some cheese, some cheese sometime. She's like, oh, actually, I can't stand cheese. I have a horrible cheese allergy. Yeah. It's just like, oh.
1: <laughs> it's like, well, it's whoa. over then.
2: <laughs> it's over then. Okay, well, then Wallace doesn't feel bad losing her. I guess. Yeah.
0: It's like the whole,
1: yeah, that's that's his deal breaker. It kind of makes cheese. you kind of
2: thankful for her, the whole ordeal. Yeah. You know? <laughs>
1: So this movie won the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature, just like the one before it. And mm. we're moving on to the next one, which is A Matter of Loaf and Death from 2008. So this was 12 years after the one we just watched. It doesn't oh. have a rating on Rotten Tomatoes, but it, it did win the Oscar for Best Animated Shorts. So three of the four shorts have won. And the first one would have won if he just would have released his other film a year later. <laughs> yeah, or a year before. Yeah. So the budget for this film, 100000 000... in that He could have like I know the first one probably five would have won no matter
0: what, and so he would have just had five. <laughs> That's that would have been amazing.
1: Your fault, Clayman. <laughs> I'm more Clayman. Clay <laughs> so the budget for this film was a hundred thousand pounds. So it's not too shabby. I mean, for thirty minutes short. I thought it would have been a lot more, and so this kind of got me thinking: like, okay, does it cost more or less to produce a stop motion film? And I was looking up the other Ardman films, comparing them to other films of the time, and so their budgets were surprisingly less—probably about twenty to thirty million dollars less. For example, Curse of the Were Rabbit was only thirty million, and Pirates Band of Misfits. Now, is that dollars or pounds? Million dollars. Oh, was fifty-five million, and that's still pretty low to considering everything else. For example. The original Madagascar, which came out the same year as Curse the Were Rabbit, was seventy-eight million. Yeah. So there's a forty-eight million dollar difference. And then, I mean, if you look at Tangled, which is the most expensive animated feature ever, is um, two hundred sixty million. Chew. So I mean, in a way, and and the, the Madagascar three that just came out was one hundred forty-five. Yeah. And Pirates Band and Misfits was $55. Fifty five. <laughs> so I mean, wow. I I thought these would have been more expensive to produce, but that's not. Apparently, if you can get it produce it at a decent price and then you know the same amount of people see your movie it's good for sure typically Ardman films don't do really well in the united states so that's kind of where i guess it falters a little bit because i mean i know we're talking about the shorts but i mean a lot of dollars and percentage of the gross comes from the united states because we are just like movie fanatics or something and we just have a big population so i mean that's kind of the the one downside is that the Ardman films don't do so well um, like Pirates Band and Misfits, it did really well internationally and decent here, but not not too
2: great. So, but Chicken Run did pretty good here, didn't it? So yeah,
1: yeah. So Chicken Run, it, its budget was forty five million, and this was directed and produced by Nick Park and Peter Lord, and then it got two hundred twenty five million dollars in the box office. Those are good numbers. That's good ROI. Yes, you like that as a we, producer. We, yes, we do. <laughs> that's why DreamWorks is like, let's keep with you for a little <laughs> yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so on to A Matter of Loaf and Death. Um,
2: so after watching this, I was like, okay, it's official. Wallace and Gromit is really like a mystery crime series.
1: Yeah. yeah. Because
2: every a- short, every short, including the movie, after A Grand Day Out was like, there's a mystery and some sort of homicidal criminal on the loose. Secret identity, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of their their niche, and that's kind of where they've settled into. Mm-hmm. There's still all the quirky, funny things, but you know, that's kind of their thing is mystery. They've become the Basil of Baker Street in Watson. <laughs> awesome.
2: You're a slimy, stunted sewer rat.
1: <laughs> what? What did you call me? <laughs> so <laughs> this is another one where there's Baker Bob. He was kind of, you saw him kind of on a billboard in the, the previous short. And so he's the reference. And then here's the one who's killed early on in the film. So that's another interesting Oof. reference they had.
2: And, Not a lot of characters in this film. no. And, uh, was- not not even Walson Cromwell. This one has more characters and the most dialogue, I think, out of all the other shorts. Besides the movie, I bet. The movie, you know, has dialogue that drives the plot and stuff.
0: I was kinda of taken aback that they would like just kill people like right off, like right there. <laughs> right in the first few minutes. I'm like, did he really just die? Like,
2: I know <laughs> pretty gr- pretty gruesome ending, like the lady gets like eaten by crocodiles. Yeah. You can hear it, hear it plenty- You can hear it pretty explicitly. <laughs>
1: Just not leaving anything to the imagination. (laughs) Okay, so we noticed a big difference between the first short and the second short for animation style and quality. Did you notice a difference between this one and the other one? I noticed In 2008,
2: I think it improved a little bit.
1: Yeah, but it wasn't, for me, it wasn't as shocking as the first and second short. This one was like, oh, it's obviously been 12 years, you got a little bit better and whatnot. It's more fluid for Mm -hmm. the movement, like when they're walking. Like it yeah. definitely is very smooth.
2: They had some good cinematography in this one too. I like how they, I like what they did. Again, a lot of elements from Hitchcock films in here again. Um, one that was particularly cool for me was when Gromit is in the, he's creeping upstairs. Like that's really cool. Yeah. Like the cool camera angles and stuff, and it, it just kind of makes it really dramatic.
0: That part was really cool. You can just see the sets are just getting bigger and grander, and uh-huh. each time you just get a lot more.
1: Yeah, it's exciting to see as a viewer. Mm -hmm. I mean, because technology or their skills have improved, that you're able to have a better experience watching it. Not saying the first ones were bad in any way, but, you know. They just improved. A little sparkle and glitters. (laughs) Not too bad. (laughs) Um, So I thought this was a really funny quote that Nick Park said. He, you know, commenting on the fact that the short is made, you know, these shorts are made directly for a British audience. Uh, but they don't try to tailor it in any way for Americans. He's like, I don't feel like I'm making a film for some kid in a suburb of America and being told that they're not going to understand a joke or a northern saying. He's like, I don't feel that's a problem at all. I'm not making it for them. I'm making it for us. (laughs) So He doesn't really seem to like us Americans, does he? (laughs) I guess not.
0: (laughs) But I'm sure he likes our dollar signs. (laughs) Yeah. And even though, like you said, their um, money doesn't come from us, like they're not as big here, mm-hmm. they're definitely more concentrated there. He was talking about how although our films are made for cinema, they're usually financed by television money. Mm-hmm. And that's why they get so much stop motion coming out of England is because they have access to the TV money to produce it. That, that means they haven't been able to do as much on theatrical distribution in England because, you know, they're using it all for TV. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for example, when A close Shave was finished, Uh, It was on television for that Christmas special, but then it went abroad for the entire year. And so they were able to get, ironically, they get more money out of their film distribution abroad than they do the TV TV specials inside.
1: Oh, interesting. So these are made for TV originally, and then they just kind of ship them out as, you know, the theater markets Mm -hmm. internationally. Mm. Makes sense. Mm. So again, Wallace has a new job. Talk about a floater Totally. In this episode, <laughs> he is a what?
2: He runs He runs a baker. Oh, yes. Bakery.
0: Yes, he's a competing baker. One thing I noticed is as they're driving, the car is fitted American style in the beginning with the steering wheel on the left up until when Wallace says, yeah, Gromit, take the wheel. <laughs> and he, like, passes it over to Gromit who's on the right side and he, like, What? It. I totally didn't notice that. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I was like, interesting. <laughs> One thing, Wallace really does have the greatest pickup lines. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Wallace to the bagel light girl who's just like, are you still ballooning? And she's like, what?
2: (laughs) Oh, I love that one, man.
0: Oh, man, how to offend women in four words or less.
2: (laughs) That whole sequence of her chasing, like rescuing her on the runaway bicycle is really funny because there's a part where Rama throws a bun at Wallace and it acts as a brake on one side of the bike.
1: Uh
2: And then he does this like impossible throw where the bun like flies around the back of the bike and curves around to get... In between Wallace's knee and the other side of the bike, then, by all account, by all accounts, it doesn't make sense.
0: <laughs> Another really cool illusion they put in there is Gromit has he's in his bed and you see these posters around, and he's got a Citizen Canine nine poster by this guy.
2: Citizen canine. Yeah, nine, yeah, he had the the Republic by Pluto instead of Plato, oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Um. I again in this movie, there's another cheesy hand touch scene. Oh yeah, one with Wallace and the Bakelite lady, and then again with Gromit and the poodle. <laughs> Which I thought I was really excited. I'm like, man, they love this gag. I know.
2: <laughs> you know, the poodle's kind of a strange character. Like, what's in it for the poodle? Like, why is she kind of one of those Rasputin Bartok situations? You know, <laughs> I don't think she really wants to be evil, but she's always with... <laughs> The bake lady. That's true. <laughs> she She's totally like, knows she about her evil plot Yeah.
0: <laughs> She's like, oh, this is going to be bad. I love her very, eyelashes. Very bad. Yes. They're her just eyelashes. really like, whoop.
1: <laughs> we call those spider lashes when girls have way too much mascara on where they look like spider legs.
2: Oh. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> I, ran like some, I ran into some spider lashes in my life. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, I laughed really hard. They pull out different albums that they want to listen to, and there's the Puppy Love, the spoof on Donny Osmond. And at yeah. the very end, as they're driving away, it's and they called it Puppy Love. I don't know how the <laughs> tune goes, but so there's two Puppy Love references. That's awesome, <laughs> Donny. I'm sure was like, hey, that's me.
2: <laughs> yeah, the relationship one, big, the relationship between Wallace and the Bakelite Lady kind of. I don't know. It's really funny. Like I like when they do the... Isn't the movie Ghost where she can feel his hands as she's molding the the ceramic stuff? Yeah. And they're playing that one song. <laughs> it's the same thing when they're doing dough molding.
1: Oh, yeah, geez. totally. Steamy. Wallace, he falls in love like super easily. He like sees a woman and then he's just smitten.
2: You know, Wendelin was a lot better. Looking than Baker Light Lady, Baker Light Lady is kind of creepy. She's
1: let herself yeah. go. It's true. <laughs> she's
2: let herself go,
1: <laughs> and she's also like this psychopathic serial killer. Well, like, I love that she's like this super successful baker, and if you look at her house, it's really nice. She has these satin sheets that she sleeps in, and then like the poodle. Like, was she this... a baker, or was she just like the promotion? I thought she had her own company, but she hates bread or something because it made her fat. No, I did. Yeah, I that's totally the did. I read that wrong. Yeah, maybe I don't know. I,
0: I what I got out of it was that she was just the person on the commercials. And oh,
2: then... girl,
1: and yeah. now hates bread. Yeah, oh. I don't know. well, nonetheless, she's really rich from yeah. her days as BakeLite. But her dog like sleeps in this nasty cardboard box. I'm like, oh,
2: yeah. yeah, that's that was kind of random too. I was like, hey, what's going on there? <laughs> Why did not they have a nice like? Prissy poodle bed. I don't know. Like I said,
0: <laughs> psychopath serial killer. And I think one of the reasons why the dog gets like so jittery is like she's like waiting for her to turn on the dog as well.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, that makes sense.
1: I love, I'm a big fan of the Pride and Prejudice 2005 film, and I love the one part where she's like, Wallace and I are engaged to be married. And it just reminds me of that movie where it's like, oh, yes, Lizzie, what other sort of engaged is there? <laughs>
2: Now she's engaged in murder.
1: Oh, jeez. I guess there is.
2: There's some funny stuff. I like the end. I like the end. Like, once again, it's another, like, fight against the antagonists of the mm-hmm.
1: film. Did, okay, so I kind of mentioned this is kind of the They've worked their way into their murder mystery duo, you know? Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. This was another murder plot. Did you like it as much as the the other films? I didn't like this one as much. It didn't seem to work as well. It kind of felt overdone. seen it before. Yeah.
2: That's what I was starting to think, too, yeah.
1: It didn't have that same charm, I think, as the first couple. Like, the amount of new mm-hmm. in your life. Although I did love the one part where Gromit looks out the window to get rid of the bomb or whatever, and he sees the sign that's like, the nuns are walking down the street with yeah. the kittens. And it says, save the kittens, and he's like, Save oh. the
2: kittens, and there's a ton of cats in their arms. <laughs>
1: So random. I
2: love the old trying to get rid of the bomb gag. <laughs> yeah. There's there's a really ridiculous one on the nineteen sixties Batman movie. It's ridiculous. Oh, but man. that's a fun gag. I know. She's got some good quotes though. She's like, Cuss that balloon and curse that prevailing Southwesterly <laughs> Apparently there's a prevailing southwesterly in England. And there's a blatant parody of aliens when the poodle fights the Bakelite lady in the forklift, I guess, whatever it's driving. Mm-hmm. Definitely one of those, one of those moments.
1: Very good. Okay, so overall, what are your like closing thoughts and remarks about the shorts in general? And then just give it a rating. Just give them like an overall rating as a series. Mason, what did you think?
2: Way to pass the book. Well, let's see. <laughs> Wallace and Gromit. Uh, Wallace and Gromit. It's quirky and it's feel good. That's how I feel about it. Like, I just love all the tiny little bits of humor, you know, British humor that, you know, is refreshing to a point. And it's feel good. Like, it's it's a really kind of, like, fun show. And I really like how dramatic it gets at some points. So I really love the Penguin. So, let's see. Oh, my favorite short, Close Shave was good. But The Wrong Trousers is better. So, yeah, Wrong Trousers gets my vote for favorite Wallace and Gromit short. Just because, A, Feathers McGraw is amazing. And, B, they, they gave it, like, a fun, like, Hitchcock kind of atmosphere that was mm-hmm. dark and moody and and it was good. What I rate it, man? Well, it's got 100%, man. I got to rate it five stars or something. Mm-hmm. Let's do four and a half. Oh.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I'll, just, I'll, I'll do five. Like, I, I really like it. It's really well done. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just going by the... 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. I really think it's a five star.
1: Okay, I really like these films. They, they're really classic, watching them even years later. And they're funny. They're very well done. And they keep you engaged the whole time. I don't ever find myself being bored in these movies and trying to, you know, keep up with the characters. They're simple enough where anyone can understand them and get into the, you know, get into the groove of the movie. And I like watching them. I think Wallace is a great, just naive character. Gromit is even better, in my opinion. Yeah. And then the random little side characters, and uh, you know that they add in each episode, like really stand on their own. And they just throw you into this world. They present a really good story. The animation is really good, and it's exciting to watch. You know, stop motion animation because there's not that much of it anymore. I mean, there still is, but these films kind of changed the look of Ardman animation for for good. They all yeah. look like this now. Yeah. This style has become their signature style. So, I my favorite one between The Wrong Trousers and uh Close Shave, I think I'm going to say a Close Shave, but I think that's because I probably like seen it more. that was the one that played in front of Pocahontas. So I kind of have a little bit more sentimental attached to that. Yeah. So, I like that one, but they're pretty equal up there. Um, they're all very, very high. And I'll just give it five stars because it's that good. I'll
0: definitely give the franchise a five stars as well. My favorite, I'm going to say, I really like The Wrong Trousers. In general, this franchise just really does a good job at making you love these characters. And there's no, it's no wonder why there's such huge hits in England and in the UK. They are just everywhere. And they're so adorable, I'd say. like, You can just really grasp onto who they are. So that's one of the main things that I really like about it. I'm gonna give, yeah, like I said, a five stars to the whole franchise.
1: Fives all around. Have we yeah. ever done that? Ding ding ding! Toy Story, right? Maybe. Um, I yeah, can't remember. Maybe we did Toy Story and but also for Beauty and the Beast. I don't know. I think Mason didn't give it five stars. Did you? But I don't know. Well, okay. This is awkward did. conversation <laughs> right now. Whatever. <laughs> <My
0: God. laughs> But really, I was really glad to be able to go through all this because I actually went in and I checked out the Wallace and Gromit website and there are a lot of really cool things on there. You can look up. They always have really good news and contests and lots more. They always have a lot of fun stuff going on. And so if I lived in the UK, I would definitely be on this site a lot. I'd be looking into what they have going on, trying to be in on it.
1: Okay, so we did have a listener question. So we asked, what is your favorite Wallace and Gromit short and why? We had one answer. It was from Tumblr. The Tumblr user Make Way for Grassroots said, "A grand day out. I mean, moon cheese and skiing vending machines. Come on, <laughs> smiley face.
2: That is a good one. So
1: that's that's one that we didn't list as our favorite, but I'm I'm glad that someone did because it's definitely worth it.
2: Yeah, it's still a good one.
1: So if you haven't seen these shorts, go watch them on Netflix. There's there's two. The first three are all kind of lumped together." And then the very last one is there. So watch them while you can, because these things randomly get taken off every once in a while. They're really awesome. And they're short enough that you can just watch one at a time, or you can watch all four like you're having a big old movie night. So watch them and enjoy them. And thanks for listening. A lovely discussion thank you chelsea thank you and mason always yes so that was really fun and i'm glad we got to do it and i i'm glad i got to watch those all at once because it was really fun they were now let's move on to the little mailbag segment so we got a nice email from jeff Kays, who runs the website this go check it out it's really good He just kind of goes back in in Pixar history on his blog and he reviews different things like when The Incredibles came out or what happened this day. And one of the more recent things that happened is he went on a trip to California to the San Francisco Bay Area and he went to the Hidden City Cafe, which was the cafe that, you know, a lot of the Pixar movies, their main ideas were concepted there. Anyways, he went planning on having lunch and discovered that it was closed down. And so he kind of, yeah, way sad, but no one had really known about that and he kind of broke that news and that was a really big story for him but he sent us an email about our brave podcast that we did so I wanted to read it Sound good perfect okay he says finish listening to your part view review this morning loved it couple of comments first I agree that the critics have been harder on brave just because it came from Pixar To say, this would have been a great film if it had come from DreamWorks is just rubbish. Thanks for making that point. Also, I agree that the trailers gave away too much for this film. I was surprised none of you were expecting the mom to transform to a bear. Didn't you see the last trailer? (laughs) I think I did, but I only saw it once and so I Yeah, I hope people who are now listening haven't wanted to see Brave yet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, okay, spoilers. There were two parts in there that clued me into what was going to happen. First, there's a brief clip of Merida walking with a bear right behind her. doesn't look scared but the bear isn't sneaking up on her or looking angry etc so to me it looked like they were walking together clue one They show a clip of Merida jumping away from Mordu to Mother Bear. When I saw this in the trailer, I was surprised to see two bears. Obviously, I knew there would be Mordu, but who was the second bear? And it looked like Merida was jumping towards it. From those two scenes, it seemed pretty obvious that one of the parents, I didn't know which at first, would be transformed. I was pretty bummed when I saw this and started avoiding most of the clips released after that point. Oh well, they were going to have a problem Anyways, regarding the transformation, since they have merchandise like the Transforming Triplets Playset. Oh my god, <laughs> And he includes a link to it. <laughs> which is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hey, I also enjoyed your geeky nerdy couch discussion on sequels. I mostly agree with you on what you were saying. I'm usually not a huge fan of them, as they seem to be just money grabbing mechanisms. But some have been done well. Thinking Toy Story here. Smiley face. Okay, thanks again. Keep up the great work, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff.
0: Yeah, I I like that he mentioned our discussion on sequels, because you know, because that discussion was kind of linked to the Madagascar discussion. Uh-huh. And I don't think people kind of want to listen to the Mad- Madagascar, I guess. Yeah, I that's know. true. That's
1: one of our least listen to episodes and yes. I mean I understand I avoid Madagascar at all <laughs>
0: <often>. <laughs> <laughs> but you know whatever <laughs> so if you actually if you've been like wondering like where did this sequel discussion come from well if you go back to the Madagascar episode the whole first half is all around our nerdy couch discussion on sequels so go check that out if you and tell us what you guys think if you guys agree if you don't agree whatever we'd like to hear <laughs> it
1: <laughs> yeah it's a really good one so thank you good good points Jeff
0: Yeah, and we also have heard that the podcast itself was better than Madagascar itself, so hey! (laughs) (laughs) You know
1: what? I want to see if you guys believe the same thing as well. (laughs) So thank you so much. Again, thanks for listening. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. We release our episodes every two weeks, and so if you're craving more rotoscopers in between then go to our website. That's where we post all the animation news for the week. So any, any news that comes up, we usually put a news story about three to five a day, just depending on how heavy, I don't know. Some days zero, but just depends on what news is happening, but that's a great resource. If you're really interested in what's happening in the animation community and world. So check it out and let us know and comment on all the, the news posts and everything. It's, it's awesome there again. I'm Morgan Burt. You can find me at Morgan underscore Burt on Twitter and I'm Chelsea Robson. You can find me at facebook.com slash this
0: is Chelsea Robson.
2: And I'm Mason Smith. You can always find me at lego.com. Oh, wait a minute. No. <laughs> and I'm Mason Smith. You can always find me at my blog, thisanimatedlife.blogspot.com.
1: Thanks for listening. Send us emails, questions, comments, concerns that you have. Send it, send it to us at therotoscopers at gmail.com. And we'd love to read it over the air on next episode. So until next time... We are the rotoscopers. Perfect.
2: <laughs> right. So,
1: sorry, right. whoever knows.
2: Wow, you're really passionate about animation. <laughs> Remember the first couple of episodes? We were having a hard time not saying rotoscopers. Yeah, we were so young.
1: Afro circus poke it up poke it up poke it up poke it up
2: Well you guys saw that and I didn't so I halfway don't know what you're talking about.
1: That's okay. Yeah. I mean I can't not recommend it, but I can't recommend it. It's like if you have opportunity to see it, like take it. Yeah, you're not gonna hate it. King King of the hand touching
2: what? Just kidding.
1: Oh yeah, never mind.
2: Like, yeah, that's a great quote. Love it. <laughs> Can I go home now? Can I just say I'm super excited for our Halloween episodes? Oh. I already have the music, the background music, and everything ready for. Oh, morning.
1: good. <laughs> nice. <laughs>